It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. The NBA draft is over and you're all feeling underwhelmed. So let's talk about it. It's time. You want the best Celtics talk around? Here it is. This is the Rain and Jays podcast. Here's John and Jay. A lot to digest from last night's NBA draft. Boston Celtics were dared by other teams to make all of their picks. And they did it. They made all of their picks except for the two that they traded away in the second round. Uh, let's start the show, however, with a little bit of news about the podcast. We are the Raining Jays, or we were the Raining Jays, because as of right now, we have joined the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. So from this day forward, we will be Locked On Celtics with the Raining Jays. We are the Locked On Celtics with the Raining Jays podcast. Uh, so an exciting time for us, Jay, uh, David Locke from the, uh, he's the Utah jazz radio play by play guy invited us to join. We have accepted and we will be part of a network of podcasts from every NBA team. This is a huge deal. Nobody's doing this kind of network. So we're going to have lots of shows when we play other teams, when the season comes along shows with other, other podcasts, uh, a lot more insight, NBA insight from a lot more sources going to get us out there a little bit more and we're going to be doing basically we're going to be doing more shows more shows better shows so i'm excited about that so uh thanks to david Locke for that okay i'm also excited for the record <laughs> for the record jay also excited last night's nba draft <laughs> let's run it down for those of you who have forgotten it or already purged the memory or drank the memory away the Celtics made all of their picks except for trading the 31st and the 35th pick in the second round ahead to uh, Los Angeles, the Clippers, for a 2019 uh, first round pick that's lottery protected. The picks were in order Jalen Brown out of Cal at 3, Gershon Yabuseli at 16, Ante Zizic at 23. Those are your first rounders, your second rounders. Demetrius Jackson, a point guard out of Notre Dame at 45. Ben Bentel out of Providence, the power forward at 51. And Abel Nader, a small forward out of Iowa State at 58. So, Jay King, I've said in multiple places, I said it here, I said it on the site, the Celtics were dared in this game of chicken to make all of their picks the bluff was called, and Danny Ainge did it. He made all of these picks I think it was kind of a worst-case scenario that the Celtics would have to go through with this plan. Not that they had a terrible draft. It was an underwhelming draft. Everybody was looking for the big, splashy trade. But in the end, some decent players, but not what we expected. 
I think the the worst possible thing for the Celtics, as far as fan reaction goes, were the rumors that leaked in the 20, 25 minutes right before the Celtics took their pick. All of a sudden, it was like, talks are heating up with the Bulls about Jimmy Butler, and talks are heating up with the 76ers about Nerlens Noel. And fans got their hopes up that the Celtics were going to make a huge move, especially, I think, for Jimmy Butler. And obviously, that didn't happen. And Danny Ainge is still looking for that home run. He, he is looking for a great trade. He doesn't want to just make the team better. He wants, like, that really, really right opportunity. And, and he hasn't found it yet. And whew, <laughs> I, I was surprised that he picked Jalen Brown. And I felt for Jalen Brown because <laughs> Celtics fans really, really did not like that pick. Celtics fans did not like anything about that night. And now I, I think that they're kind of trying to talk themselves into Jalen Brown when, when they really, really want Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that I agree. The, the rumors that yesterday were flying out of control. We were... Every every hour there was a new rumor that we were posting and tweeting and and it it's hard because you don't know where these rumors are coming from. Different people have different sources that are leaking different things for different reasons. Were the Bulls leaking things to get the Celtics to drive up the price? Were the Celtics leaking things to pressure the Bulls into giving up Butler for less? Uh, to try, you know, you piss off the player, he realizes he's in trade rumors, and now the Bulls say, well, we've got to do something. And so you don't know where the, the source of the rumors were. All the fans see is the Celtics could be getting Nerlens Noel. Oh, and Covington. Oh, no, somebody said they could throw Okafor, too. Oh, my God. Like, at one point, there was a rumor that started to float that it was Noel Okafor, Covington for the third pick and it was like really holy crap let's do that yes do that deal and what ends up happening is fans just take that as fact and when they pick Jalen Brown the initial reaction is wait a minute why didn't we do that deal for Okafor Noel and Covington when that deal was never on the table yeah and and let, let's let's talk about these rumors first. So uh, it also made it worse when the Celtics did not pick Chris Dunn, and then at five the Timberwolves picked Chris Dunn, and everyone thought that the Timberwolves were going to end up with Jimmy Butler, and, and that was when Celtics fans lost it. Yeah, like if someone else had landed Jimmy Butler, there were go there was going to be a riot in the streets of Boston. It didn't end up that way though. Butler stayed put. So maybe Chicago wasn't as willing to trade him as everybody thought. As far as the Nerland and the Wild trade goes, I think the Celtics were probably right to pass on it. Uh, you know, obviously they were trying to sweeten the pot with picks 24 and 26. The Celtics picked possible draft and stash guys in the first round already. They didn't need two more first round picks. And Nerland's the well, he doesn't have much offensive talent. He, Yes, he's, he's a very, very talented defender, the, a rim protector, an athlete like the Celtics need, but he's one year away from a, a new contract. Uh, if, if people thought they should have taken that trade for number three, 
I, I, I think that's misguided. I think it was the Butler thing that would have intrigued everybody, but you never know what Chicago wanted, and you never know how much they were asking for. If, if their price was too high, Ainge was never going to take it. Ainge, Ainge has a line in the sand, and he's not going to cross it. Yeah, and you heard Wick Grosbeck right afterwards come out to the booze at the draft party, which is shocking. But this just just goes to show how much the fans want a deal. Uh, but he came out and basically said that there weren't really trades. They were more ripoff attempts, and the Celtics weren't going to do that. Now, today, uh, the day after the draft, Danny Ainge went on the radio and said that the deals were closer than Wick said. And he said that at one point earlier in the day, he thought that there was a deal in place. Wouldn't say with whom, wouldn't say what it was, what players, whatever. Which is smart, because if you were trading away a player from your own team, you don't want to say you were close to trading him. Just leave it alone. Uh, let Woj figure it out and drop that bomb. But wherever it was, however it went down, they didn't make the deal. I wanted a trade. I let myself believe that there was a trade coming. I really thought with all of those rumors something was going was gonna to happen. One popular sentiment out there is... The Celtics had all of these picks. They they had the ability to overpay. And you just said that Ainge has the line in the sand. But wouldn't have this wouldn't this have been the draft to kind of move that line somewhere else to say maybe you could give up more than you you would normally give up? Because you have all of these picks and say, yeah, it was an overpay, but in the end, you're, who cares if you gave up one more draft pick or two more draft picks than you would have in the past because you had eight of them anyway. So could they not have gotten uh, Zizic at 31 or someone comparable at 31? So I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I think that Personally, I think that you probably could have overpaid a little bit, but not too much. But there are a lot of people out there who are saying, why did we have all these draft picks when we couldn't just say, here, here's a couple of extra ones that we wouldn't normally have given up because we've got so many. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. If, if the target was Butler, the, the Bulls, according to every account, they won't want at least one rotation player and, and – solid starter so it's it's not just sweetening the pot with draft picks in, in that sense and the the bucks you know they're reportedly considered chris middleton and jabari parker untouchables guys under contract for for years like middleton like butler those guys are, are going to be tough to pry because salaries are going to go nuts and every contract every long-term contract that was signed before this boom is is going to look really really good so it, it it's tough to say, you know, they should have just added picks when Marco Bellinelli was traded for a first round pick. Like Marco Bellinelli, obviously mid first round picks probably didn't have as much value as the Celtics would have hoped. There 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 wasn't that market for those mid first round picks. Everybody in this draft was trying to sell. And and and, and it just didn't happen for Boston. And I, Here's what what it is. People people got upset 
with the Yabusle pick. And by the way, hysterical. Someone asked Ainge if he could spell Yabusle, and he tried and failed. <laughs> he, he, he spelled it wrong. Uh, um, but I, I think people are colored differently about this draft because Celtics picked draft and sash guys. They, they were they were they weren't going to pick keep those sixteen and twenty three picks because they they want to keep and maybe they'll keep Zizic. I don't know. Yabusle almost certainly will be a draft and stash guy. But but they they want to save that cap flexibility. They want to develop a guy overseas for a couple of years and that's just another asset for them. The draft it, it was it was fun. I'll, I'll tell you what though. I I was ne- I've never been more sold on Jalen Brown than when everyone started booing. It's always the guy who gets booed on draft night who becomes a stud. Always. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Whoever whoever gets booed the heart becomes a stud. Right. Right. Like Porzingis last year, <laughs> Knicks fans were devastated. And then he became obviously a unicorn. So may, maybe Jalen Brown is the next unicorn. Yeah. It, it's Look, the kid is a freak athlete and has a lot of potential. The problem is that he has the potential to go either way. And I feel like it's it's just as likely for him to develop into a stud as he is to fizzle out. And that's what everybody has seen. And you mentioned in the last week's show the projections that are horrible for him. But it, it's just funny to see Kevin O'Connor said after the draft that this guy could end up being the best player in the draft. Other guys whose opinions uh, that I trust said this is the worst possible pick that you could make. And so it's it's split. People who know basketball, people whose opinions I trust are split. So it's hard to – you can't say what he's going to be. You don't know what he's going to be. But what they did get is an athletic wing with versatility. And that's the word. Versatility is the word. And, and as soon as you say versatile, boom. That everybody's everybody's interest is peaked, especially Boston's, especially Brad Stevens. So, who knows what this kid is going to be? He's going to get a chance to prove himself. He's going to go into the summer league, uh, and it's just a lot of this is fans and expectations. So, uh, why don't we why don't we dive? What's okay. funny? What's funny about this it is uh. When I first watched Jalen Brown play, this was early in the college season, he made an incredible steal and then took off in transition. I'm talking about, like, this guy is electric in transition. He is one of the the most freakish athletes at his size you'll see. And I watched him play, and I was like, that, that guy has Celtics written all over him. <laughs> like, defense, plays hard, freak athlete. Had a, had a great high school career, always has been highly touted. And the Celtics think that he has a very high potential. And obviously, he didn't play great in his one year in college. The Celtics are betting that he's better than that and that he's the type of guy who will improve. And he he's like one of the most polarizing, I guess, I would say, prospects at that number three spot. Everyone was kind of thought Chris Dunn was really good, although he wouldn't have been a good fit for the Celtics roster. 
everyone kind of agreed on Bender, Chris, whoever. Brown is one of those guys who people are split on. And I, I do think he has really, really high potential, as you said. But be, because of his one college season didn't go well, because he, he doesn't necessarily have, didn't necessarily show a great understanding of how to use his physical tools when he was at Cal. I, I think there there is that potential for this not to be, you know, the, the best number three pick they could have. And that's why Celtics fans are booing, in addition to the, the letdown of not getting Jimmy Butler or somebody else. Isn't it possible that going to Cal was a mistake and that part of why he struggled so much there was that this just didn't work in that system, that he was just at the wrong place with the wrong – coach in the wrong system and that he had he gone to a different school it might have been a different story absolutely and if, if you read anything about his his lone year at cal people caution like don't take his stats at face value because they played a whole lot of non-shooters and the lane was clogged and there wasn't spacing and everything that he should have been able to do became a lot tougher. And, and he wasn't, I, I guess, developed enough to, to deal with that. And that's okay. You're not supposed to be developed enough as a 19 year old to deal with a terrible situation. Um, but yeah, he, he could, he could have looked a lot better if he had played for a different team with more shooting, more spacing, all that, where he could have used all that athleticism. And he does have some off the, the dribble juice. He, he's not like this this just freak athlete who doesn't have any skills. He, he, he's got some talent. He, he's got some, some, some goods to him. And, and that, that's really intriguing, I think. So he's an intriguing guy. This, we, we won't know how, how good this pick was for another couple of years, another few years, maybe. But I, I do think because of his physical stature, he is the type of guy who, who can make some type of impact right away. So, Let's get into some of these Twitter questions. Let's get let's just rip through a few of these uh, Jalen Brown questions. Uh, <laughs> Sam Sheehan, is there a way to praise Jalen Brown without using the words body, physique, or athleticism? Uh, no, because we've just been talking about him for about ten minutes, and that's all we've been saying. Uh, He's very intelligent, very intelligent, at, at least off the court. There you go, uh, Alex asks, uh, how many summer league games before C's fans compare Jalen Brown to LeBron James? Uh, probably one. It'll be, it'll be immediate. <laughs> if he goes out in that first game and is doing the things like you just said, driving to the hoop and finishing, getting out in transition, people are going to start going completely nuts. Remembering, of course, that summer league, like, Kelly Olynyk was like the summer league MVP or some crazy stuff, so... But yeah, that's it's a good point by Alex. All of a sudden, in a, in a few weeks, in Vegas or Utah, Jalen Brown's going to go out there. They're going to play an up and down game uh, with some guys who have NBA experience, playoff experience. Terry Rozier was in the freaking playoffs. Uh, they'll get up and down and run, and and all of a sudden, fans might change there too. I mean, he is going to be a monster out there in some way. He is. This guy, for a 19-year-old, he is just far more physically developed than your average guy. He is, he really is an elite, elite, elite athlete. Maybe the best athlete in the draft. You know, you, you can put Marquise Chris up there 
But Jalen Brown, when you watch him on film, that dude, <laughs> he, he is electric athletically. And, and in transition, he is an absolute lightning bolt. So I, I think he will be fun in summer league. He plays hard. I do think Celtics fans are going to come around on him quickly and talk themselves into him very quickly. Yes, I agree. Uh, Kirby asks, does drafting Jalen Brown open up putting Jay Crowder on the block, making a C's package more attractive? No. No, 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 no. Not yet. Let's not go there. That's not happening. We can't. And I, I think. Yeah, that, that, that should. Yeah. Go for it. No, no, you you go for it. You're ready to go. No. You are ready to go. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I, – I think people just really want to overreact. Like every analysis of draft picks has them playing immediately when all of our history shows that very few draft picks get in there and play right away and and make contributions. The only ones that do are the traditional – top five picks this isn't a traditional top five picks the Cel- the celtics weren't if, if everything was equal and there were no trades the celtics would have been picking down in the middle of the draft but you know ben simmons will get a lot of burn in philly and brandon ingram will get a lot of burn in la but jalen brown is going to be coming off of the bench and working his way into the rotation and earning his minutes as time goes on let's not all of a sudden just give him the keys and say, you're now our starting small forward and Crowder's gone. Even if, even if Brown somehow becomes so amazing and has this amazing summer in camp and becomes the starting small forward, why would you get rid of Crowder? Why would you not just bring him off the bench or play him at the four or something? But that is, that, that would be a miracle. We're talking about Brown supplanting Crowder in the, the starting lineup already. I no, that's what I'm saying. Like, might be getting ahead of ourselves here, John. <laughs> I said, even if, even if by some miracle that happens, like, why would you even trade Crowder? Like, even even if, which I know he won't. I just said that he won't. But let's just indulge the fantasy that Brown somehow. He finds a magic potion and becomes the starter somehow, then that doesn't put Crowder on the block. That just moves Crowder to a different spot. You just use him differently. So, but that my point is, every time you get somebody new and good, you don't get rid of somebody who's good. And let me just say, expanding this out briefly, people were tweeting at Jay Crowder that you suck and you should have been traded. What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you idiots out there who are tweeting players saying you suck and you should have been traded, especially when that player is Jay Crowder, one of the two most important players on this team and a key player to the Celtics' success and the one guy that every other team was asking for in a trade and Danny Ainge refused for good reason. You are an idiot if you tweeted at, uh, at Jay Crowder and said you should be traded. But on this, at the same note, I guess I should thank you because that's just going to motivate him and, and turn him into a crazier monster. So, but I, I just I couldn't believe that that stuff was happening last night. Mini rant. Mini <laughs> yeah. How, how about so? <laughs> so here's the Celtics draft. 
fail to trade the number three pick for an established player. Pick a guy at 16 who Danny Ainge cannot spell his last name. During the middle of the draft, Isaiah Thomas comes firing on Twitter about someone calling him, saying he overachieved. Jay Crowder is getting tweets, you suck, you should have been traded. The number three pick, Jalen Brown, gets booed. The, the draft party empties out as soon as they pick Ante Zizic. It, it was like like a, a weird, weird, weird night for the Boston Celtics and their front office and every, everybody involved. It was, it was a bizarre draft night. Uh, but it was also probably as boring as it could have been. You know, they, they could have had a lot of trades. They could have picked guys I think people were more aware of and would have been more excited about rather than the, the two international guys they picked at 16 and 23. I, I do think people will look at this draft differently a, a few years from now. Uh, the overreaction is out of control, out of control. Um, but but it, it was, it was a weird, weird draft night. It was, it really was. It was, it was probably, like I said before, the worst case scenario. Uh, <laughs> and I love this tweet from Dart Adams. Why hast thou forsaken us basketball God? I think that kind of captures the, the feeling in, in a few simple words. Why hast thou forsaken us basketball God? That is how a lot of Celtics fans felt. Look, we wanted a trade. It didn't happen. We don't know what the legitimacy of these rumors were. were. Uh, I, I, I let myself get caught up personally in the Middleton stuff because I thought Middleton was such a good get if they could get him. But really, when you look at it, why would Milwaukee do that? Just to get rid of Monroe? You're going to attach Monroe to... A guy like Middleton out the door? That's insane. I'd rather just keep Monroe and put him on the bench. Like, you don't waste a talent like Middleton, who, very underrated, very underrated, because he plays in Milwaukee, and they were mediocre, and, and Tentacumpo gets all the, all the uh, accolades over there. Middleton is a really, really good player, and locked up for pretty good money for a while. So there, that was never going to happen. And Butler, who knows what they're asking for? Like you said earlier, Minnesota didn't get Butler either. And, and we'll see if something changes in the next few days. But none of these rumors, none of these things that Philly or Chicago wanted to do, nobody did them, which may be a testament to how much they were asking or, or how bad the, the rumors were. That So I think, I think people need to calm down a little bit. I don't know if this was. I can't give the Celtics a draft grade yet because we don't know how these guys are going to play. So, uh, let, let's question. Move. Yes. Do you think? Do you, do you think they should have taken Chris Dunn because it seems like he had the most value around the league, even though he wasn't a, a great fit? Even though obviously they had Jalen Brown ranked higher in their draft board, do you think they should have picked, picked Chris Dunn in that spot just for future trade purposes? I. I thought about that. I, I it's, it's a hard question to answer because, yes, they could have just taken him and shopped him, and they've got all summer to go back to Philly and go back to Chicago and say, we still got this guy, and maybe let him play in summer league and be awesome in summer league. But 
at the same time, if you don't truly feel like you're going to use him, then you might as well just not draft him. Because then, if you still can't get a trade done in the middle of summer, now you've got this guy who you aren't going to use, and he sits there in your in a, in a bad situation, losing value. So it, it's tempting to say, yeah, you could have, you should have taken Dunn and just shopped him some more. But I think ultimately, if you if you never felt like you were that close in a trade, or you don't think you could get what you want for him then you might as well just take the guy you think is going to help you. What would you have done? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I, it's tough to pick Chris Dunn for trade purposes when obviously at the time when you talk trades, you couldn't hash something out. If, if the interest in Dunn was that high, I think they would, they would have hammered out a deal before the number three pick. So... So pro- probably best to go with the guy you have rated higher and, and the guy in this case who actually is a, a better fit. Brown's a good fit. They, they needed more size on the wing. They, need, they needed another athletic guy who could defend twos, threes, fours. He can do all that. And he is going to be a game changer a- athletically. I mean, they are, they are putting together a really, really athletic team. Th- th- that – Defensive potential. If Brown pans out on the defensive end, and I mean he has a seven foot wingspan, he is strong enough to defend power forwards. He is he is the type of guy you can put him out there, and he's going to be able to guard maybe he ones, twos, threes, and fours. I don't know if he'll be able to do that right away. I doubt he will be, but but ultimately that that's the type of guy he projects to be, and that's really exciting. So he's he's going to have a chance to be really really good. Wait till wait till Celtics fans see this guy in transition. I mean, he he really is like just a jet. They they are going to love him in transition. Um, one thing that that interested me, <laughs> just another weird part of the Celtics draft was when Danny Ainge offered up, completely unsolicited. That some people think Jalen Brown doesn't like basketball. Oh, oh, really, Danny? <laughs> the, the, the guy you picked at number three and, and invested in long term. Some people think he doesn't enjoy the game of basketball. Uh, so that might be a red flag. But Ainge, Ainge seems to think he's he's just a well-rounded guy. He's a smart guy. He's he's kind of an interesting character. Before the draft, when he was talking to the media. He brought up Harvard and MIT as two things that interested him about the Boston area. Like, like this is not your normal cat. This is, this is a, an interesting dude. He is going to be, I think, a, a little bit of a character. And, and he, he's, he's not your average 19-year-old. When, when, when you got NBA draft picks or, or any 19-year-old being like, yeah, I want to go to Boston because Harvard and MIT are there, you, you've, got, you've got a different type of guy in your hands. He, he's going to go from practice uh, over to uh, MIT and, and take some graduate courses or something like that. Well, actually, actual courses because he didn't graduate. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how he how he works out. Yeah, it's, it's it, kind of funny. You hear the parallels between Brown and Avery Bradley 
in some ways. He's a guy who's Bradley's year at Texas wasn't uh, blockbuster by any means. Um, he came in to Boston and he he wasn't shooting very well at the beginning, and he developed into a pretty good NBA shooter. And th- those are things that you can work on. Danny Ainge has said that he's a better shooter than he showed at Cal and that he showed that he could shoot uh, in his workouts. So, and, and this comes from uh, at Dijon Rondo, great Twitter handle. How hard is it to teach shooting? Brown has insane athleticism, good handles, not much else right now. If the guy is open to coaching and you've got shooting coaches and it's just repetition, shooting a basketball, swinging a golf club, it's all kind of the same thing. If you can master a stroke that's repetitive, the same thing over and over and over again, you can become a better shooter. Your shooting can improve. It's just a matter of working on it a lot. Guys improve their shooting all the time. You see guys like Jay Crowder was not a great three-point shooter, and now he became an average three-point shooter. Maybe he'll become a better three-point shooter. So guys work on things all the time. Avery Bradley developed into a pretty good shooter. So there's no reason to think that he can't. Will he? I don't know. But to sit there and say he can't shoot, that's it. He could. He could learn. Yeah. uh, Somebody, this might ease Celtics fans' minds a little bit. Maybe, Maybe it won't. Somebody sent me Paul Pierce's stat line from college, and his freshman year was actually pretty similar to Jalen Brown's. And I, I think it's it's really tough to gauge how a 19-year-old will develop as a shooter because especially when you're talking about the most athletic guys, guys – who have probably the highest defensive upside, who have a lot of offensive upside just because they're so athletic, physically gifted like Brown is, they never had to develop that three-point stroke. Uh, I'm looking at Paul Pierce's freshman stats right now. He was 35 of 115 during his freshman season at Kansas. That's 30.4%. Jalen Brown was 29.4%. So pretty similar there. And obviously, Pierce is a great shooter. One thing that, that, that's kind of worrisome, for three straight drafts, the Celtics have sat there at the podium after their, their draft and talked about how they believe their first pick was better, a better shooter than the numbers indicate. What, what is it about that? And, and as I said, probably it's, it's that the top athletes have never had to develop threes. And a lot of this is, is projecting who can become a good three-point shooter. What is it about the Celtics that they, they love picking guys with broken jump shots? Or, or maybe not broken jump shots, but bad jump shots. And Marcus Smart, two years ago, Ainge, oh, yeah, he's got better mechanics. He's going to be a better shooter than, than he showed. Terry Rozier, he's got better mechanics. He's going to be a better shooter than he showed. Jalen Brown, same thing. So there's a lot to to prove for Brown. There's also a a lot of gifts that he has to to build on and and grow. And this is is an intriguing pick. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. I, I, I know he has really high 
ceiling. I also think it's possible the Celtics passed up two or three guys at least in that top eight who will be better players. All right, we've talked a lot about Jalen Brown. Let's move on to some of this other stuff from the draft last night. An interesting question when it comes to the trading of the picks. It comes from, uh, let's see, it comes from uh, Giovanni at Warm Lettuce. Where do, how do you get? How do you decide that you want the name on Twitter to be Warm Lettuce? What's the entomology of that? What's uh, the decision making process with that? I'm curious. Anyway. Uh, what? What? Who? Who else has ever even put the words together? Warm lettuce. That. That is. That is. That is a, a weird, weird Twitter handle. But but thank you for listening to the show. Yeah. So the question from Warm Lettuce: Did Ainge unintentionally make the biggest mistake for the future by going all in for Justice Winslow? Seems like teams are just trolling him now and want what Ainge offered Charlotte and more. It's a, it's it's a, it's a subject that's come up a few times. We know last year that Ainge went all in for Justice Winslow, and to think that the other teams aren't looking for similar offers to say, "Hey, you, if you really want this guy, you're going to make an offer like you made to Charlotte." So, did he make a mistake last year, and is that hurting him this year? All right. If, if teams in the NBA are saying no to trades with the Boston Celtics, just because Danny Ainge offered a lot of trades to the, a lot of picks to the Charlotte Hornets last year, that just makes no sense. Ultimately, teams are going to make trades because they make sense for their team. They're not going to decline trades just because Danny wanted Justice Winslow really bad at some other point in time. That just doesn't make any sense. I do not think the Celtics screwed themselves over there. I do think they showed a willingness to be aggressive for the right guy. And I, I do think, you know, D- Danny Ainge, God bless him. That that guy, that guy has a lot of patience. And he's looking clearly for a home run trade. And he, he thought he had it in Winslow. And that's why he put all the eggs in the basket. And... He, he wants to, to make this team a stable contender with a solid foundation to be a great team for a long time. And as I said, he has a line in the, <laughs> line in the sand. And wh- whether you like it or not, he is not going to be pushed to do something that he doesn't want to do. And teams know that about Ainge. So I, I don't think that there's, there's a sense around the, I don't think that, that that screwed them over in any way. Obviously, they're willing to, to pay a huge price for what they want when they really want it. But teams are going to make a trade ultimately if it makes sense for them. I agree. I agree that the, you, you, can't, you can't put too much stock in that history because if a team sits there and thinks that they have a good deal, yep, maybe they'd ask for Maybe they saw that maneuvering last year and said, let's see if we can get a couple more picks out of him or something. And if, if Ainge stands his ground and the other team still likes that deal, then they'll do it. Uh, so it may have a little bit of an impact when teams know that Ainge is willing to go all in on a player. But they, if they like a deal, they're going to do it. So that's, 
I think that that addresses that. Uh, let's get into some of this other stuff here uh, because the Celtics made a bunch of other picks. Uh, Angelo Belliotti asks, do we think the avoidance of guards like Don Murray Baldwin are a sign that Evan Turner is coming back? No. No, I, I, I think it would be a real stunner if Evan Turner comes back because the Celtics want to keep as much flexibility as possible. They, they, they have big dreams, whether it's this summer or next summer. And Evan Turner is going to get a lot of money. I, I don't think that they're willing to pay it. As, good, as helpful as he was the last couple of years, I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, the Celtics do need a guy that can can handle the ball as a backup, but that that could end up being Marcus Smart. So we'll see we'll see how that plays out. Mike Dynan, Reds Army's own Mike Dynan, what do you make of using the 16th pick on a guy that Kevin O'Connor ranked as a second rounder? Let's get into the sec the, the these second picks, the uh, 16th pick in the draft from France, Gershon Yabuselli, who some want to portray as potentially the French Draymond Green. Uh, I, that that felt like a reach because no one expected that that guy to go at 16. And to take a draft and stash guy at 16, you have that feeling like, couldn't they have gotten him later? But at the same time, if that's the guy you really wanted, then that's the guy that you're going to go for. Uh, I don't know anything about the kid. So it's hard to see, uh, hard to say, but he seems, look, he's a 6'9, big wide body, 240 pounds, can shoot the three, the international three anyway. So does that mean he's destined to take a bunch of long twos in the NBA or is he going to extend his range out a little bit? I don't know, but it, it seems, it seems like a weird pick. It felt like a weird pick. The silence in Brooklyn when they made that pick was weird. And I, I don't know what it was like at the draft party, but it, it just felt weird all around. It, it, I, I, I think it was a surprise, but here are the things. He's 6'9", 275 pounds with all sorts of offensive talent. He, he can score inside, outside. He'll, he'll dunk on your head. This, this is a really good athlete. The Celtics were, were impressed when he came in for his workout because he's really done a lot of work on his body. He used to be overweight. Now now he's kind of cut up. He will. I mean, this is a guy, if you look at his highlights, they are fun. This is this is a fun offensive player. He's 19 years old. And I, I think the most important thing at that spot was to get a draft and stash guy who you're not going to have to have on your team right away. He, he's, he's very willing to stay in France. And, and and he's a guy who, who does have some some serious upside because he really knows how to play offense. And he's already shown at the professional level that he can fill it up. And and he is a good athlete with inside-outside potential. I, I, I like that pick. And, and I know Kevin O'Connor had, had him rated pretty low, but he's a guy Kevin O'Connor likes. And Kevin O'Connor thinks has a high upside. So I, I trust that. I, I I think it, it, and I mean, you look at this. That was the most unpredictable, zany draft probably anyone has ever seen. So rankings w- were very close, and in the end, the Celtics got a guy with a lot of 
upside, especially offensively, and and he he won't he won't be on the roster for a couple of years, which is something that they wanted with all those draft picks and very little roster space. Guys, Thon Maker went tenth, tenth. He was projected to be I saw I saw him projected in some drafts uh, in in mid second round, like tenth. That was a reach. That was a real reach. But I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But that, like, speaking to your how crazy this draft was, no one really expected Thon Maker to go tenth in this NBA draft. No one. I, I mean, that was that was a shocker. I'll tell you what. Demetrius Jackson falling to forty five was a shocker too, and the Celtics picked him up. That that was probably a, a nice value pick. There were there were a lot of surprises. Poor poor Demarcus Cousins probably had the moment of the night when when he what did he tweet like like Lord give me Lord, the give strength, me strength. With, with the prayer hands emoji with the prayer hands emoji that that had me die laughing and I I almost lost it when I saw that tweet that the NBA is great the, Demarcus Cousins is great the Kings are sitting there like we got Dave Yeager. We we got a new fresh start. Demarcus is finally happy with how things are going, and they they drafted multiple centers and pissed him off yet again. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, you you gotta love the Kings, man. But just yeah, yeah just just a weird draft, uh, an unpredictable draft, an absolutely nutty draft. And the Celtics kicked it all off at number three by taking, you know, Jalen Brown, who. Other guys had fallen maybe to six, seven, or eight. Now, the Ante Zizic pick, I think if things had gone differently at three and at 16, that pick, people would love that pick. Like, that pick, uh, and, and Fran Fraschilla was on TV just gushing about that pick. That's not a bad pick at 23. You were like, hey, cool, on Twitter. Like, that's that's a good pick. So, for for the Celtics... That that guy kind of got lumped into the oh great now we're getting another guy he might not even be a drafting stash guy he might play this year yeah I don't know what their plans are for him I do know that when the guy is 19 years old has already put up like he put up some big big numbers in the Adriatic League last year which which isn't the the best league but has produced a lot of professional guys and his numbers at that age were comparable or better than almost all the pros that that league has has turned out and he he's not the most skilled big man when, when you're 19 years old 6 11 and 250 pounds and <laughs> everyone agrees that you work your tail off and you have energy for days and you are as tough as it gets that's a guy at number 23 you want to you want to bet on because it's hard to see a guy like that with with that size and that type of motor failing in the NBA. I don't know whether he'll be a star. I, I actually doubt he'll be a star. But I mean, you heard Fran Fraschilla. That guy. That was that was actually pretty funny when Fran Fraschilla was raving about his work ethic. And then he says, you know, here's the example. When he was 10 years old, he started a business renting beach chairs. Like, what what does that even mean? Is is that? Is that supposed to translate to the basketball court? We the Celtics should have targeted another guy who rented beach chairs. If Jalen Brown rented beach chairs, I'm all in on Jalen Brown. <laughs> that was really funny. That was funny. But hey, look, it's his entrepreneurial spirit at 10 years old. He's a guy that can uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. That was weird. That was weird. Uh, now, the question is, will these guys play in Summer League? Will we see Yabuselli and Zizic play in a couple of weeks in Utah and Vegas? I don't know if you've heard anything about that. No. I guess we'll see. Uh, I, obviously, Jalen Brown will play. Uh, I suspect the international guys probably will play, but but that's probably probably up in the air. And we'll, we'll find out. The Celtics have a press conference uh, at three o'clock this afternoon. We're recording Friday, so we'll we'll learn more about their plans and stuff like that this afternoon. And I get a lot of crap for for saying good luck to Demetrius Jackson to, to make the team, and everybody's like, he's a lock to make this team. Is he really though? Is he really a lock to make this team? I mean, I know that he was projected much higher than 45, but it's another guard that it's it's a nice it's a nice chance to take. But what are the chances that he actually makes this team? Uh, I don't know because obviously they had him rated a lot higher than 45. I, I do think because of that he has a chance, but they just have a ton of guards. They they have Jalen Brown. If if Zizic comes over, that's another guy. Uh, so he he might have. It, it's probably not a lock. I I don't think. I, I do think he's going to be a productive backup guard at least. That guy's a great athlete, really strong. I I just don't know if the Celtics have enough space for him. And again, this is a crazy off season. Anything could happen. A lot depends on so many other factors that are completely out of of Demetrius Jackson's control. Yeah, I agree. And then, of course, there's the the last two picks, Bentel and and Nader. Uh, you know, I was talking to people back in Rhode Island. For those who don't know, I'm from Rhode Island, and so I was back home a couple of weeks ago. And the the hardcore Providence College fans weren't even talking about Dunn necessarily. They were talking about Bentel. Like they they really like this kid, and he he can shoot, and he's he's he has a chance, I think, as a sleeper. To to look at a guy at the fifty first pick, I think he has a, a better chance than than a lot of second rounders to make some noise, and he'll be an interesting guy to watch in summer league. Yeah, they sh- they should have a fun summer league team, especially if if Zizic. And Yabusele play, it'll it'll be a fun summer league roster. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brown should be one of the better players there. I don't know whether James Young will play. They'll they'll definitely have RJ Hunter, Terry Rozier. That 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 summer league roster could be stacked, man. That that could be fun. Look, if James Young doesn't play, that's bad news for him. He needs to play and he needs to dominate, or else he is out. He's gone. He might be out or gone anyway. But I think that. This is like the most important thing. This summer is the most important summer in James Young's career. James Young, Summer League MVP. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. All right. That, that, that'll do it for the draft reaction show. So uh, we'll be back soon with much more free agencies coming up. Lots more to talk about. Uh, but right now we're going to wrap it up, let you guys digest. These are our thoughts. After last night, let's calm down, relax. We didn't pull off the big deal, but the Celtics got potentially some pretty good players. And for what was underwhelming, 
maybe a little bit boring, maybe not what people expected. We could look back on this in a few years and say it wasn't as bad as we thought. But let's see how it goes. See how it goes, I guess. We'll have to wait and see. Before, before we sign off, one thing that did go right, Nets traded Thad Young and could be really, really, really atrocious. Yeah, yeah, that that is going to be a bad, bad team. If they also trade Brooke Lopez, dear Lord, the Nets will be a dumpster fire. And the 2017 draft is supposed to be loaded. Just saying. Just Just saying. saying. Maybe someone will want want that pick in a trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these picks, they haven't haven't really enticed teams yet. Obviously, the number three pick was the best one so far. Didn't entice anyone. Didn't didn't shake free an established veteran. But Ainge, Ainge just pushes all that flexibility forward. And he'll take his shot at another time. And obviously, people are starting to get a little, a little impatient. But the the biggest way to to ruin a a, a promising future is to make a bad trade. And Ainge refuses to do that. When when he when he makes a trade, I think it is going to be a a, a top notch one and, and one that's undeniably good for the Celtics future. We'll see what he does. Uh, we hope you join us. If he makes a trade, if he makes a trade, Trader Danny has not been Trader Danny lately. Trader yeah. Danny is just like like dra- draft and stash Danny. Draft that doesn't have the same ring to it, Jay. Draft and stash Danny. Well, that's yeah, actually not so bad. Draft and stash yeah. Danny. So, all right, we'll see what he does, and we hope you join us for future shows. This has been the first. Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. We will see you next time. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.